Welcome to the DermVet Podcast. I'm Dr. Ashley Bourgeois, a board-certified veterinary dermatologist practicing in Portland, Oregon with animal dermatology clinics. I'm also a mom of two, just trying to find the balance like everyone else. Let's learn to ditch the itch, cytology, everything, and make derm more fun than frustrating. Well, welcome to another episode of Triple D Down and Dirty Derm. When I asked you guys what topics you would like covered in these short 10 minutes or less episodes, acrylic dermatitis came up very frequently, if not the most. So I figured I'd cover that today because these uh, these cases can be extremely challenging, even for us as uh, dermatology specialists. So Acrylic dermatitis, you'll see it called lots of different names. So some people call it lip granuloma, though we know it's not really like a true granuloma. Acroporotic nodule. Ultimately, the difficult thing about these cases is there's many causes that can happen. So psychogenic causes, like behavioral, do seem to make up a large portion of these cases. I think studies can range anywhere from 50 to 70%. But there's tons of things that can lead to acrylic dermatitis, such as allergies, um, different foreign bodies that contract in a focal area of the skin, arthritis in an older pet who's experiencing pain. Since pets can't tell us why they're just deciding to chew at one or two or three areas of the skin so focally, we're really led to rule out causes before we can really figure out what's the primary issue. The problem with acrylic dermatitis is while we're figuring out the problem, the issue itself, things like folliculitis and a foreign body like reaction actually happen within the skin. And we'll talk about some of the histopathology findings in these cases, but because they get this inflammatory response and this deep infection, it causes the pet to want to lick and chew even more. So you end up in this really terrible itch lick cycle. And when you have the sensation to itch and you keep damaging the skin and licking and chewing, you drive the infection deeper and deeper, end up with a firm ulcerated lesion. And because the pet keeps licking and chewing, and this is primarily a a disease that happens in dogs, um, the ulcer really gets prevented from healing because of the fact that the pet keeps traumatizing the skin. And because they keep licking and chewing, a lot of the hair shafts get driven deeper and deeper into the skin and we get a really deep infection. So it's, it's a vicious cycle that these pens, pets end up on. You can have a focal area where it's just really one lesion, one acrylic um, dermatitis lesion, or there can be multiple. You can see them on you know both carpi, you can see them on the tarsus. So you can have anything from one to like four or five of these lesions. So when we diagnose them, a lot of times just based on clinical impression, we can have a really good idea of what's going on. However, I do suggest either aspirating or biopsying these because you do want to rule out bad things like mastocytomas, histiocytomas, and they can look very similar, especially if the lesion is focal. If you biopsy these lesions, the histopathology should definitively tell you what's going on. You'll have epidermal hyperplasia, dermal fibrosis, and you'll see these deep hair shafts that have a foreign body-like reaction with pyogranulomatous dermatitis around them, and it'll form this really big, thick, nodular plaque. 
So one of the most important things I think you can do when people ask about treating these is getting a really good tissue culture because inevitably um, research has shown up to 94% of these cases will have a really deep infection and several of them are multi-drug resistant or methicillin resistant staph organisms. But you want to take a culture a bit differently. So studies also shown that superficial bacteria and deep bacteria in these cases can be different. And it's the deep infection that can really drive the problem. So either you want to take a tissue culture and that's if you are going to biopsy, you can take a sample, a punch biopsy. Um, you can, this is the, the only time to go back to the biopsy um, podcast that I'm going to suggest actually prepping the skin because we actually don't want to know really what's on the surface. So you can actually prep the skin for a tissue culture because we just want to grow what the deep infection is. After you prep the skin, you collect your biopsy, you put it in sterile saline, and then you can send it in for a macerated tissue culture to see what the deep infection is. If finances won't allow you to biopsy or do a tissue culture, or there's a reason that you can't sedate because these are often pretty painful then you can try to do what I call a squeeze culture that's not an official term but essentially you still sterilely um, prep the surface of the skin and then you want to actually squeeze really deep the deep tissue and you'll often see like a serosanguineous fluid um, just kind of leak through the the hair follicles um, and so you want to sample that fluid because that's hopefully representative of what's deep within that, um, that lesion itself. So treating the deep infection, you can definitely use anti-scarring things like pentoxifiline, but ultimately figuring out the underlying cause is going to be extremely important. So you can do things like if it's an older dog, looking at radiographs to rule out causes like osteoarthritis. You know, in my hands, a lot of these cases are secondary to allergies. So treating the infection, um, if we need things like corticosteroids, figuring out the allergies and what the primary allergy is, is really the only thing that's going to stop the cycle and hopefully prevent these from coming back. But some of them are extremely frustrating and do require anti-inflammatory medications. One thing that can help kind of figure out what's truly going on is whether the pet, the lesions really resolve and the pet stops licking just based on things like infection control, because if it is behavioral or psychogenic, then even if you treat the infection, you would suspect that the pet still has that anxiety or that behavioral issue causing them to want to lick and chew themselves. So if just by treating the infection or using something like an anti-inflammatory, the pet does really well, that's probably leaning more towards something like an allergy causing the lesions versus you do that stuff, you treat the infection, treat inflammation, and they look better, the infection's better, but they're still chewing and licking. Then you can go into a really deep behavioral conversation with the owner. Have the, has there been new changes within the environment, like a new baby at home or a new pet? Um, does the owner have a new job and they're not home as much? Uh, anything that could trigger them to be more anxious. And these are ones that definitely could, if you, if, we really feel like it's behavioral can benefit from seeing a board survived behaviorist. Um, there are some uh, reports of fluoxetine or clomipramine um, being helpful in some of these cases. If we're going back to more of those allergy uh, or infectious causes, topical steroids, obviously antibiotics. Um, there are reports of using intralesional steroid injections if the lesions are smaller. Um, 
I tend to use more systemic medications because we do see the ones that tend to be the worst and have multiple lesions or they're really big. There's even some reports of having to do surgical excision just to actually take that tissue away. But the concern obviously is if you don't figure out the underlying problem, will it just come back because the pet will continue licking? So these cases can be extremely frustrating. Again, I think some of the best things you can do is biopsy, make sure that's exactly what it is. Uh, doing the tissue culture or at least doing that quote-unquote squeeze culture because infection control is really important and then figuring out the underlying cause at least doing something like an anti-inflammatory trial I tend to use things like either steroids maybe cyclosporin if I can't use steroids just to see if we can reduce some of that inflammation and how the pet does just with that and then getting that behavioral history and then further workup, like we talked about, such as radiographs, if that could be indicated. So don't beat yourself up on these cases. They can be extremely frustrating. They're ones that you might want to refer if you're struggling with them, because even in our hands, they can be difficult cases. So I hope that helps um, as much as it can for these difficult acrylic dermatitis cases. If you have other short topics you think could be helpful to do these triple D episodes on, then please reach out to me at the Derm Vet on Instagram or Facebook.